Welcome to another episode of Pip Talk Podcast. Accompanied with me today, we do have the man from Crenshaw, Mr. Jacob. He's pulled out his brace today, so actually, we don't. I don't think I can call him the man from Crenshaw. <laughs> but Jacob, how you doing, bro? <clears throat> doing great, bro. How are you? I'm very good. And um, big shouts to some of the people on our live stream as well. I know Mr. Burry's in there, Michael, the Michael Burry. Um, so I know he could hear us. Um, but one thing that we wanted to discuss today and really moving forward is provide you guys with these episodes, a bit like what we used to do before um, on our podcast channel with the Spotify and Apple, um, which was just providing you guys with some more information regularly, uh, regularly, excuse me, to actually allow you guys to have a further insight into the financial markets and what's actually happening. So one of the newsletters that we just recently sent out was based on Japan. Um, Japan has has dumped a record-breaking number of U.S. Treasuries. Now, usually, what we see, what we tend to see happening is when the when the rates go up, mortgages are more than likely most probable to default. And right now, we're seeing some of the most um, long-standing uh, long-standing bond purchasing countries selling off these Treasury bonds. So. I think we wanted to go a bit back and forth because I know Jacob's got a different opinion to mine. I think sometimes I might think a bit more short term. He might think a bit more long term, vice versa. But Jacob, tell me, is this is this the end of the dollar or what? Um, I think there's a very big potential for it. Um, just basically understanding the macroeconomics of things and what what Chairman Powell has kind of been spewing as of late in um, what he's been saying with the meetings regarding interest rates and inflation and kind of understanding the um, central bank stance as well. I think it's very important to kind of know where the, the central banks and what their kind of focus is on. Um, and going off of what Chairman Powell last said, it, it did sound a bit hopeless. It did sound a bit like they're, they're a bit unsure of where they're really willing to go um, in terms of rising interest rates and stuff like that, in terms of how big the interest rates are going to be from the next, uh, you know, the months coming and things like that. So I think where there was a bit of confusion created, maybe it's actually on purpose, though. That's one thing that we can't rule out as well. I do feel like the the, um, the central banks could be um, giving us smoke and mirror tactics, whether or not that that's uh, the, the way that they're actually implying in terms of communicating with people. But some of the questions I felt like they weren't answered straightforward. And that's due to the fact that I don't think they're really under control of the actual situation regarding inflation. So they keep saying there's a target of 2%. And, you know, with rising interest rates within a couple of years, we are due to curb that. But what they're not understanding is that with the balance sheet outstanding and things that they've leveraged against um, in terms of the housing market mm-hmm. is that most of, this, most of those things were leveraged under smaller interest rates. So excuse me, with the interest rates continuing to rise, it, it doesn't really add up in, in, in that sector specifically. So I do think that we could see with inflation not being curbed, problem. Yeah. And that kind of brings me on to, to what I just said prior to you mentioning that is the fact that if inflation isn't going to be curbed, rates will continue to rise. Just today, we had the Royal Bank of Australia raise their interest rate from 285 to 3.10%. So that is also another indication that no matter how far you are in the world, whether you're next door in Europe, you're in, um, whether you're in Europe or you're in Australia, why are you laughing? Who, me? 
hear you. I love you. I'm just smiling. <laughs> okay. Yes, whether you are in Europe or you're in Australia, we can see that globally, these central banks, they all know what they're doing. They've had their meetings, whether it's the G7 summit or whether it's private meetings on WhatsApp, who knows? They've had their meetings in this and their discussions. And we know very clearly that the rate is going to be continuously hiking. And it's a well-known fact, historically proven, that when the rate hikes, this provides more of a chance of a default on mortgages. So what that means is that this is a ticking time bomb, which most people may or may not be aware of. And that's understandable because if you think about information such as what we're, we're, we're providing right now, to an average investor or to an average Joe who's working a nine to five job, who has a savings account and the stocks and shares ISA from the bank, they're pretty much none the wiser to what's actually happening behind closed doors. It's a bit like when you look at, you know, when they say um, there's more to what meets the surface. You know, this is a prime example of there being more to what meets the surface. And I think the next crisis will be the dollar crisis. And of course, it's only a matter of time. Um, this has happened to other nations in the past, like, for example, Great Britain. You know, the debt, uh, their debt GDP, their debt to GDP was all out of whack over and it took over 30 years to realign. Now, the UK lost its status on the world stage and America, they'll most likely still be okay. I was actually having this conversation with someone uh, a couple of days ago, and I was saying from an international corporation or from an international business revenue perspective, America is one of the only countries that has outstanding business coming back into the country, international business. And we can look at the companies like Amazon, Netflix, Apple, Adidas, uh, McDonald's, KFC, um, Microsoft. Microsoft, Coca-Cola. Yeah. And that's eight companies, you know? And now you let's go. Tesla. You say Tesla? No, I didn't say Tesla. Tesla, Tesla again. Yeah. That's nine. You know, that's... And those are some real big, hard-hitting companies, you know? And we need to... A Starbucks would make 10, right? Yeah. So yeah. we've got to think in times of an economic downturn or in times when we was in lockdown, when, you know, globally we was in lockdown... Those 10 businesses were most likely still making money. McDonald's, KFC, I forgot Burger King, you know, Starbucks, Netflix, Amazon, they was all still making money. So <clears throat> the dollar has had a lot of strength behind it for quite some time. But the way the, the, the way the markets are moving at the moment does put me into a different position to believe that this truly is a ticking time bomb. And the question is going to be now, who is going to buy the US debt? Time and time again, China and Japan have bailed out the US. But if we look at the charts and we actually check the treasury holdings for um, for China or the treasury holdings for the US, we can see that Japan and China, okay, have been offloading um, a world record raking a world record record a world record a world record, <laughs> a world record breaking amount of of bonds that they've been offloading. So. This definitely does seem to be like uh, the telltale signs before we start to see something happening. And it's not it's not inconceivable to think that the Fed can actually step back in and print some more money, because another interesting fact is the Fed don't get audited. The Federal Reserve do not get audited, which means that they can pretty much do what they want when they want. And the last time there was a, a, a recession, you know, the Fed bought back $4 trillion worth of bonds, 
Okay. This time around, it's it's very clear. And you know, I was watching an interview um, earlier on today um, from from a wealth manager, and he mentioned that in 1950, America actually bought all of the debt globally. No, they pumped money into the world, not just into America. They pumped money back into the world to get things pumping. Uh So you have to understand that's really scary from a country that has no, um, has no real assets. You know, all of their assets are taken from, from overseas and they continuously print money, which means that they weaken their currency. And it's got to come to a point where surely we've got to look at silver and gold and other commodities, right? 100%. So, when you actually look at um, the amount of money that we printed uh, past COVID in terms of how many business needed helping out and things like that, it's very, it's very hard to believe that they didn't realize we would end up in this position. So again, that's why when we hear these, these uh, comments from the chairman or the president of the central banks and stuff, you know, they kind of play the game where it's like they weren't to know and, that is where it's kind of dangerous for your normal average citizen to believe that because I feel like the the effects should have been judged before they were actually used. You know, in terms of the amount of money that was being printed, it was it was definitely within their best interest and the country's interest to actually understand, okay, how much money can we print before this becomes a problem? There was none of that. Okay, so whether or not this is the outcome that they actually wanted to 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 destabilize the currencies as we know it. Um, we 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 could be we could be seeing that deployed as a tactic. So where they there's been talks of a recession, talks of them uh, regulating crypto spaces, talks of them bringing in central bank digital currencies. We kind of have to understand that the comments being made could be part of the actual bigger picture in terms of the macro plan. So um, stuff like gold, silver, commodities, and things like that. They're they're due to be boosted in value in the coming years, we believe. So whether or not now's the time to be buying some of these assets, I do believe we kind of need to step away from thinking that currencies as we know it are just going to continue to to, kind of be a world reserve currency. And especially the dollar, like we have to kind of consider, is this going to be the world reserve currency moving forward? Based off of comments that are being said, it's kind of pointed to something different. What we, what whether we we can kind of pick a winner is yet to be decided. But I do think we need to think about other entities kind of taking over gold. Maybe maybe we get a currency that's actually backed by gold. Who knows? Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned that because a couple of things I wanted to um to say was the risk appetite or the risk exposure, the exposure to to commodities from average investors statistically is actually less than three percent so less than three percent people have sorry excuse me no more than three percent of risk in their portfolios of commodities and if we if we look at how the commodity markets work and how they have worked it's the only market that can actually be correlated to actual physical tangible money meaning Mm -hmm. gold and silver has always been worth something they've never not been worth anything right um and between three to five percent um, is usually the risk. That's the statistics for risk that aggressive investors have within their portfolio of commodities. More specifically, silver that I'm talking about here. But historically, we can see how well silver and gold have done over the years. And you know, we can't ignore the fact that oil's also had. I mean, oil's the only uh, commodity that we've seen in our lifetimes go to zero. 
and bounce right back up like it was never down there in the first place. So it's not necessarily like we are not actually being able to, to see the value in these commodities because whether the price or no matter how high or low the price does fluctuate, we always see um, the end result, which is value. Now, Japan and China paired back holdings of US treasuries in, uh, in May to multi-year lows. And the data from the US Treasury Department showed this on Monday, which actually was quite interesting because what it showed you was that Japan's holdings fell to 1.2 trillion, the lowest since 2020 in January. Now, usually uh, the holdings was at 1.8. So you can see from 1.8 to 1.2, it does look like there is uh, uh, um, a specific reason as to why they're doing this. And even um, China's hoard of US government debt dropped as well. Uh, to 980 billion in May, still the lowest since May 2010, when its holdings were at 847 billion. Um, but nonetheless, we can see that China did have uh, one tr over one trillion in treasuries. So, you know, for Japan and China to be working next to each other alongside, um, almost as if brothers, you know, one 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 country informing the other, and then both selling around the same time, definitely does look suspicious. I mean, Michael Burry, if we remember last year was it and he started to sell off uh all of the uh the big stocks right before covid if you remember my michael burry started to sell microsoft stocks and um i can't i don't want to name which stocks i don't want you guys to 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 hold me accountable but i remember a specific post um and it did say michael burry was selling a load of these these blue chip stocks and sooner you know sooner rather than later we went into a recession so it's quite interesting to see now that the world's second largest economy has reduced holding treasuries for six straight months for six straight months the world's second largest economy has reduced their holdings in u.s treasuries so although china and japan sold treasuries in may the u.s treasury yields they've still gone down and the benchmark on the 10-year Treasury yield started the month of May um, around 3%, down about uh, down about 15 basis points by the end of the month. But most importantly here, we can't ignore the fact that for three consecutive, um, for three consecutive months, we've had negative GDP results, okay, um, across the UK as well as in the US. And for six um, consecutive months, we've had the second world, the world's second largest economy, reducing their holdings in US treasuries. So if we can take pieces from each puzzle or, pe or pieces of, of different factors from each areas and put them together, we can actually make up our own picture here and understand mm -hmm. that actually mm -hmm. there's a story to be told. And that story is, is most likely that there is going to be a great, um, a great reset. And that reset to me is probably just another... Well, that, that reset to me is the biggest we've ever seen. It's a currency reset combined with a solution. I don't believe any, um, any after all of the recessions we've had in the past, I don't think no government would want us to fall into a recession without them having a solution. So in order for them to give us the solution, they first need to create a problem. And I uh -huh. believe this problem, well, we're on the verge of, of a, the biggest problem being created, which could allow people like yourself and I to fall into line and actually go with the solution that they choose because there's nothing really to say that if they turn around tomorrow and said okay each pound is now going to be worth one one digital pound or or each 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 pound is going to be worth 50p 
or half of a digital coin, right. if we was to lose the value on the exchange, we wouldn't be able to do anything about it. So because we wouldn't be able to do anything about losing the value on the exchange, it does mean that they need to make sure they've got their ducks in order. As long as their ducks are in order and they can push us into a corner, we'll have no choice but to abide by it. And, and I believe that is coming. I believe we will, I don't believe they'll turn around and, and I mean, look, you know, when Bitcoin first came around and all these cryptocurrencies that started making money, we saw what happened. A mass regulation came in um, and they pretty much wanted to stop people from being able to purchase Bitcoin. You had owners like JP Morgan, uh, Jamie Dimon, the CEOs of companies saying that crypto was a scam, but really they was investing into it themselves. So what I'm really saying to you here is I believe that they're going to push us into a corner where the mass adoption will take place only when they want it to take place, which means the message I'm saying to you here, guys, is don't wait to be pushed into a corner. Try mm -hmm. to make that, that adoption yourself because mm -hmm. there's enough information around us. Clearly we're taking articles from this one, from that one and, uh, seminars from here and from there and we're putting all of these pieces of information together and realizing that actually we're probably seeing the great reset happening right now they are they are planning it and the question you might ask yourself is you know will the fed raise and hold rates now <clears throat> most likely they won't okay most likely they won't raise the rates and hold them but at the same time the inflation is a forever growing concern and if any of you have tuned into the Fed before and seen um, Jerome Powell interrogated by the members of Congress, you would see that he's a he's a tactician. You know, he never answers the question, but the questions they ask are really important. You know, two years ago, before he started printing out all of this money, they asked him, do you need to print out this amount of money? And he answered, yes, this is necessary for our economy to recover. And, you know, skip 18 months, 24 months down the line when they're saying to him, well, back during COVID, you told us that we needed to do this and that it wouldn't affect the inflation. Actually, what we're seeing now is inflation is actually causing people to not be able to eat at night, not be able to sleep with a roof over their head. So the, the rate hikes are not necessary. The rate hikes are necessary to combat inflation. But as we've you know spoken so many times before, Jacob, it's always a double-edged sword with 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 the rate uh, with with interest. You know, good for buyers. Or on one side, you've got the buyers' benefit. On 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 the other side, you've got the sellers. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. No. So that's why, as well, just to add to that point, it's very because um, we we was actually in tune with some of those uh, meetings two years ago, a year ago, when we was actually tuning in, seeing what the Fed or or just the presidents of these central banks had to say and. Um, there was a meeting with central uh, president Lagarde and I remember she she was saying something like inflation has has risen to where it's risen because of what's going on in Ukraine and what Vladimir Putin's doing so Nonsense. that's why I'm trying to say you got to really be careful with what you're being fed because realistically they're not really showing you the whole picture there's no way you know a war is going to rise inflation it does that doesn't make sense right because we understand the amount of money that was printed so you can take pictures, uh, you know, pieces of of what these people in power are telling you, but whether or not it's 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 really the fact or really the truth of the matter, because you know, you can kind of look back from two years ago, you and, and and raise the topic of you know saying were these guys playing dumb or were they being honest or were they were they actually telling us the truth? So then, going into when we understand. Um, we was we was watching the the that wealth manager that the retired wealth manager speaker, 
And he yeah. was saying, you know, if you look at the assets that are um, in holdings, it's, it's over eight trillion now, right? And the actual money that they have in reserve is still about 35 to 40 billion, right? So with that being in reserve, if you understand how much that they would have leveraged, it's over 200 times leverage. So when yeah. it comes into people reducing their holdings, they're reducing their holdings because the risk and the open risk is too much. That is why they're, they're, these leaders are looking at it like we, we actually need to get some of these off. And realistically, when you piece together that information, they're looking at the GDP, they're looking at the inflation. They're showing signs of a recession if like being underway at this moment. So when you piece together these things, it kind of lets you understand that, okay, you might need to maneuver in a way which is best for you. Okay, yeah. what assets do you have? What assets are you engaging in? What do you own in your holdings? And you have to understand that if some of them are open to too much risk, you might want to actually start doing what some of these world leaders are, are telling us to do, which is basically reduce the risk as much as possible. Jeff Bezos made a, um, a top, he, he was asked about um, Christmas times not too long ago and he said what should people be doing for this christmas and he said hold your money he was mm -hmm. saying don't buy nothing he was saying hold off from buying the big tv hold off from buying the electronicals so if a guy like jeff, Be jeff bezos is saying these things who makes his money from uh, providing a service for you to actually buy these things and he's telling you not to buy them that's that's a red flag you need to understand why he's doing that yeah so as much as he doesn't need the money you're probably thinking he doesn't need the money everyone in terms of that is a big tech company or big company, they're all capitalists. They're all here to actually grow their business tenfold, right? So if they if he's willing to give you advice, whether it's friendly, whether you want to take the advice or not, he's doing it because he's looking at the picture and he's being shown, there's no way Jeff Bezos isn't going into meetings and his team isn't showing him a graph of this, graph of the GDP, all of these yeah. X, Y, and Z, right? So we have to understand that picture and take, a, take it, accordingly and react accordingly as well because i'm telling you jeff bezos he was selling some of his shares elon musk sold tesla shares they're all cashing out to an extent yeah. why are they cashing out if the economy is is what we think it is or what we're being told to believe it is the economy is not as good as what we're being led to believe right and there is a big picture coming in terms of whether it's going to be the black swan event or whatever people want to call it something that basically tanks some of these assets as we know it we have to assume that that is on the way and even from a technical analysis perspective we can show we can tell you show you a chart and tell you that yeah there's something brewing here that's right and what's quite interesting as well is since we've been speaking um i've actually seen that <clears throat> excuse me i've actually seen uh the stock market has decided to take a small tumble um, not a lot, but enough for us to at least um, have a look at it. It has dropped um, due to some news that we've just seen coming out. I'm just trying to look into it, but I can see here the Dow sinks over 500 points as the U.S. stocks as U.S. stocks extend losses amid Fed mm -hmm. uncertainty. So mm -hmm. there's been more losses. Um, there's been more earning reports, excuse me, released, and those reports have have led into losses. Um, but of course, the reason why is because people are not sure about what the Fed's going to do right now. They're not sure if the Fed is going to raise the rates, if Feds are going to print more money. They're not sure what's going to happen. But nonetheless, um, if we actually do the maths here, if I can just, I've just got the S&P up on my chart here. Just want to show you guys something just so we're, we're fully aware of where we was and where we are. 
since the start of the year, we're actually the stock market is actually down. So here's January the third. Yep. Since the start of the year, we're actually we've actually come down twenty seven percent. That's almost a third of the market that we've come down. Right, twenty seven percent. Currently at the moment, we're down fifteen percent. Okay, just just over sixteen percent. Excuse me. So we've 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 recouped ten percent. But why I'm saying this to you is for you to actually understand that. As much as we may be looking at the market, so we might be looking at life from a, 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 a optimistic point of view, we also have to face reality. And the reality is that behind closed doors, the global infrastructure has been changing and is changing. So if we can't look at the telltale signs that can enable us to actually foresee these things happening, then we should pretty much stay away from anything revolving money. Because if the owner of, of, of Amazon is going to say that he doesn't want you to spend money, it's because he's being able to understand the graft which we're trying to teach, which is that if they can see the bigger picture, they understand that actually, I mean, look, a company like Amazon, <clears throat> you got to think, as much as money as they've made, they've also got a lot of outgoings. They've got a lot of staff, they've got a lot of warehouses, they've got a lot of transportation costs, et cetera, right? They obviously know that in order for them to come back and to decrease their exposure to too much risk in, in revenue outgoings, that they're obviously trying to decrease what they're doing, their production, probably the, even probably even their staff, okay? But it's very important that we understand as normal citizens or normal working class citizens that the bigger picture is usually told in evidence that's right in front of us. And that evidence is the bond market we've seen for probably half a year now we've seen the bond market dive and dive and dive to the point of 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 now the bond market actually resurfacing back up and and pulling back as we would call it but since the start of the year the bond market had been pushing down and we've we've now seen the bond market recover so we have to think that if the bond market is recovering okay are we just now seeing a, a are we just now seeing more continued manipulation from the Fed? And seeing as I touched upon it earlier on, the Fed does not and doesn't and will never be audited. We have to understand that we're playing, we're we're trying to understand a game that has no rules. Yeah. Also, Val, tell them to talk about Elon Musk laying off eleven thousand Twitter Twitter um work um what's it yeah. working place. Yeah, so we so have- Go on. Yeah, we had Elon Musk, he laid off 11,000. Mark Zuckerberg then followed suit. So we got to understand, these head figures, they're not just, you know, saying, oh, I wonder why he done that. They're obviously being shown a picture to suggest something is coming. Yeah, it's very true. It's very true. And one of the main important things that I think is is always important to, to an investor or just to a person of knowledge is where you get your source of knowledge from. And your source of knowledge can come from, you know, friends, it can come from news stations, it can come from, it can come from social media. But it's very important when you use credible news stations like Bloomberg, and I'm going to say credible uh, in inverted commas, because we understand that at the end of the day, you've got the Western media, and you've got You've got the external media outside of it. Now, I'm I'm located in Dubai, so I'm quite fortunate enough to not see the Western media news advert uh, news news um, the Western media adverts pop up. I don't get those type of they're not in my cookies, right? I get I get the raw truth and unfiltered news, which is pretty much like the show we're giving you guys today. But it's very important to look at the earning reports 
as I was saying to you a second ago, earning reports is important. The picture is right, the evidence is right in front of us. You know, they say the, the easiest way to hide, to hide the, the proof is to put it in plain sight. And it's the evidence that we need to be looking at, the GDP, the earning reports, the CPI. We already know what inflation is doing. We already know that. But nonetheless, when we look at the CPI results, we can have a deeper understanding of where we were to where we are. Right now, I've got Bloomberg on in the background. They said the stock market's up 2%. But really, we're down 16% over the year. So where, where we were to where we actually are is two different things. Mm-hmm. You know, They're making it seem like where we are is great, but where we were was even greater. So the, the earning reports, um, looking at things from a fundamental perspective, they're very, very important. And also making sure you're informing yourselves uh, or understanding the technical side of things because look man let's be honest you know how these markets change and how these markets tend to adapt is by things that happen over a period of time you know when we see the ecb making their changes they don't wake up one morning and say we're going to change something when we see jerome powell coming around and saying he's going to increase the rates there isn't something that just happens overnight there's usually a, a big inclination of us knowing that these things are going to happen before they happen. So if I could just summarize on, if I could summarize on the, um, on the Chinese, on the Chinese or, or yeah, Japan and China uh, dumping the US treasuries, let's, let's look at it like this, okay? If there was some type of crisis, like a severe recession or risk of default, and there were not enough buyers in the open market, the Fed would probably step in as it has done in the past uh, in the 2009 recession and they've bought the bonds they've purchased the bonds and mm-hmm. its aim in the recession was to push long-term rates down to stimulate the economy and they bought four trillion dollars worth of bonds to do this so although they might have been trying to think of the long-term picture they still they still created a bomb the bomb is always created anytime you naturally try to inject something into something that you shouldn't be injecting you're going to have a ripple effect of a reaction and it is not inconceivable that they would do this as the buyer of a last resort. But Japan's National Bank has been buying bonds to cover the Japanese deficits, monetizing the debt for years now, and nobody's even blinked. So we are heading down the same dangerous road if we don't return to fiscal responsibility and rein in spending and increase taxes like Europe. Look, you know, uh, for those of you watching this right now on YouTube, you might be in Europe. Some of you might be outside of Europe. But if you are inside of Europe, you'll know that things are really expensive right now, especially if you're in London. So those who are on our live stream, I know you guys are feeling the pinch um, back home just in terms of the taxes, you know, pretty much coming from everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, households have to balance their budgets or they will go bankrupt. It's really as simple as that. And if governments don't... Um, if governments don't balance their budgets, then they'll 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 go bankrupt too. So it's a sink or swim environment right now, um, in my personal opinion. And I I asked the question that, you know, if 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 it's time to see mass adoption, okay, for the new powerhouse, is it time to start learning some Mandarin? <laughs> it might just be. You know, it might just be. So we're going to end it there uh, for today's Pip Talk podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. We will be back uh, with another episode very shortly. Um, and I'm going to end it with some Mandarin and I'm going to say Sheshe or Sheshene. Sheshe, I think is 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 appropriate.
and we look forward we thank you guys for tuning in if you're watching this on youtube be sure to like and subscribe if you're listening to this on our digital platforms on apple podcasts or spotify be sure to smash the like button if there is one and let us know what you thought about this episode also guys make sure as well that you subscribe to our newsletters okay it's going to be really important there's going to be a lot of information there that you need to be in the know about whether or not you you're you're able to actually decode it or you need a bit more answers than that definitely tune in because what we're providing with these podcasts is that you can understand how the economy is and not only the economy how you can actually react and benefit and put yourself in a in a way better position okay and for information is key so that you can actually set yourself up but there's no point in a recession coming and we're really in it and then you start doing the work to actually understand how you can benefit okay you need to be prepared that way when it comes as uh, the opportunities come you're not in the know too late and you're ready to actually fire away yes perfectly said um so yeah guys that's us for today we're going to head over to our live stream now so of course thank you guys for tuning in and always remember every day is money day peace peace guys